Welcome to A No Place to Hide, a men's mental health podcast. Over the coming weeks and episodes, I'll be talking to guests from different industries and different backgrounds, all willing to share their story and their experiences. Alongside this, I'll be talking about my own experiences and my own stories, covering a wide range of topics. Sometimes this will be hard-hitting, brutally honest, and even sometimes shocking. Subjects that we will be covering and talking about are of a sensitive nature like suicide, self-harm, addiction and sometimes people that have been in very dark places but all of this is in the aim of breaking that stigma of men not talking or men not seeking help so welcome to a no place to hide come and take a seat and listen along the journey on men's mental health with the aim of breaking that stigma together This episode of A No Place to Hide is proudly sponsored by the guys at mountainminerals.co.uk. Go and check out their website, Instagram or TikTok with the links in the description below. They supply everything from Tonka Alley capsules, which are a natural testosterone booster, as well as doing other benefits, to pure shilajit resin, giving increased energy, improved cognitive function and helping with brain fog. Go and check out the guys at mountainminerals.co.uk. Right, welcome to a new episode. Uh, today is called WWE Hasn't Got Shit On Me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so today I'm actually joined by a, a chap that I have followed on social media for quite a while. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get an introduction in. So man versus food, step aside. Hulk Hogan taking the Mick Foley's hero. He's here, he's an ex-pro wrestler. He's a viral TikTok sensation. He's got 350,000-plus TikTok followers. Goes by the name of AJ Slambino. Um, like I say, a former pro wrestler, 42, from America. So welcome to uh, No Place to Hide podcast. Man, I appreciate you uh, having me on. We, we've been trying to work on this for quite a, some time getting on here, so uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about this. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's um, It's been tricky. I mean, you've had a couple of trips to the UK. Yeah. Um, you know, you've you've met a new missus, which is fantastic. You got a new puppy as yep. well, right? Yep. So there's been a lot going on, but I'm I'm really glad we got to do this because uh, that's uh, I, I like what you do. I'm I'm a huge fan. So no, I really appreciate it. The feeling's quite mutual as well. So it's uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have you on. It's nice to hear that you're a bit of a fan. Um, but yeah, so I I kind of came across your TikTok just just scrolling as you do. Um, saw that you you were like banging to them, uh, British foods and stuff like that. And I, I started making the odd comment and, and it just kind of grew from there and we got talking. But um, yeah, it's brilliant what you do. It's fantastic. I love it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Before we get started though, what's your favorite, most favorite UK thing that you've tried? So we were in London in August, last week of August. And uh, we went to uh, somebody else that I met through TikTok, Goonie Dad. Uh, he's a he's a British TikToker. He lives in Guildford. So uh, we went to his house and his wife cooked a Sunday roast. And I have to tell you, I, like that was insane. Like there was <laughs> not one bad thing on the plate and the, and the pudding after and uh, 
And then he's like, yeah, we eat this every Sunday. I'm like, what? Uh, it was out of this world. If, if I, I, I would, I would eat it every Sunday. if I could. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Sunday roast. Yeah. We, we Yorkshire puddings and everything. Yeah. I can't be it. Can't be it. So good. So good. What's the worst British thing that you've tried? I have a few. So <laughs> Branston pickle. I cannot stand. Uh, it's all right. It's not bad. It's not my favorite thing. Oh, it's not yeah. bad. And then, uh, Twiglets. I don't like Twiglets. Ah, oh, see, I love Twiglets. Do you? Yeah, yeah, but I, I like was... Marmite though. I love Twiglets. love Twiglets. See, I don't, I don't mind Marmite. I just didn't like Twiglets, and uh, <laughs> I think it was more of not the taste, more of like they were just the texture. Maybe they were yeah, not. Maybe. I don't know. It's like eating a twig. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and I don't like Parma violets because I thought those tasted awful too. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are very much like you know. Love or hate Parma violets. I I can't yeah. stand them. My little boy loves them, but I can't stand them. Which really? is pre- pretty handy. So I'll eat all the other sweets. He sits and eats Parma yeah. violets. It's quite happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, if if you want to just just talk us through a, a little bit of obviously, I know you've had quite a an interesting life, an interesting career. You know, things things have progressed massively over your lifetime in a short span as well. Um. I know we've briefly spoke about a few things um, of of your journey yourself. Um, so yeah, do you want to just take us take us back to uh, you know where your like mental health journey started, where things started getting, how they started getting bad, or why they started getting bad, and then and then obviously we'll talk about how you've managed to get to where you are today and and your amazing positive smiley outlook that you seem to have every single day. I see. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny, and you know, like I really don't tell this. I don't really don't tell the story often. Um, most of my like TikTok followers probably have no clue. Uh, but um, you know, when I saw that you know you did the podcast, I thought it was a great opportunity uh, to tell the story and just kind of where, where my life went. Uh, for me, so I have two kids. Um, they're now my son's about to be nineteen years old. My daughter is uh, sixteen. Uh, so teenage years, super crazy and rough. <laughs> if anybody's like if if your kids are not at the teenage years just wait it's crazy um and yeah, expensive. i've got i've got three <laughs> kids but well, two stepdaughters and a, and a kid of my own but they're seven eight and ten so i've got that to cover oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it's, it gets expensive so <laughs> and uh but so for me um married uh for five years and we had two kids uh and unfortunately we we had gotten divorced and that's kind of when for me uh, things change, right? It's like, you know, you're, you're married five years, you got kids, uh, a divorce happens. And uh, it, it wasn't a, just a normal, the divorce, you know, divorce is a divorce, right? It's, it's yeah, depressing. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, and and it, it, it hit me hard and, and more so because, uh, you know, it was something I was used to being married and, and, you know, family uh, aspect. And it was somebody that I had been dating for a while. So um, we'd been together a long time. So, you know, it was, it was, the, the divorce aspect was hard in general, yeah. uh, but coming with the divorce was, um, you know, my, my kid's mother, unfortunately went down a, a wrong path as well. So uh, not only did we get divorced, she went down the wrong path. And uh, basically over a three month span of getting divorced, I became a single dad who had two kids full time at uh, 20. I think I was 25 years old. Um, so, 
That's like a shock. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but at 25, I still have my shit together at 25. So, <laughs> Right, right. I didn't at all. I had, <laughs> like, I mean, I didn't have myself together. Now I have two kids yeah. that I have to take care of by myself, uh, you know, and, and a lot comes with that. And, and I think that's where the mental health, you know, I started to go a little south was because I just got divorced. My life completely changed. Uh, I now am a single parent to two children that – I'm going to have every day, 24 seven, um, you know, and, you know, she, she went her own way. And uh, basically I just, you know, she disappeared for like three or four years. Like I didn't even hear from her or see from her. The kids didn't hear from her, see from her. It was tough. So then you have to deal with that aspect of, you know, your kids are, and they were young. So like, you know, tell, you know, I, I, the kids want to know where their mom is. And, um, yeah. you know, over time it gets easier because they forget, <laughs> but um you know, and I'm 25 years old and I'm in a situation where now I'm raising two kids by myself. Uh, you know, like you said, I couldn't even raise myself at 25. I was still <laughs> yeah. trying to grow up. Um, so uh, it got, you know, it became really, it became really hard. And, and not only just that aspect, also financially, because now you financially have to, you know, take care of two kids. Um, so, you know, for me, uh, that was, it became a, pretty dark time just because uh i didn't know what to do right like did you find I mean, like you were neglecting yourself because you were concentrating on your kids and and you didn't deal with the issues that were going around for you like you know the separation and and you know the mum not being there because you were just putting so much focus into your kids do you think you like you kind of uh, neglected your own emotions and didn't deal with that side of things oh 100 percent, right yeah. because i have to worry about the kids and then the financial piece and, um, you know, like I said, you have to raise two kids, right? Then you have to deal with the issues of them not seeing their mom or wanting to see their mom. And then the other part to it is the financial piece. Like I said, is, you know, and to be honest with you, I was making like, I was barely making any money. So, uh, you know, like I was broke. Um, and it just, it, 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 all that put together, it was tough. Right. And I, I never, cared about yeah i was worrying about everybody else and not worrying about myself um but it catches up to you yeah. you know eventually so yeah. yeah you know and uh you know and at that point it, it just became a, a pretty dark time almost you get lost right like and and then not only do you start neglecting yourself and it wasn't i wasn't neglecting my kids it's just i don't know if i was being the best parent i could be to them um you know and being 24 seven with them and, and trying to figure out like where we're going to live, what, what we're going to eat. Um, you know, fortunately uh, my mom and dad came to the rescue um, and really like helped out and took a huge load off of me because they gave us a place to live. So, um, you know, that helped out big, but talking about like a dark depressing time and the things that start going through your head uh, and it's, it was the only time like I, I, I like I know I, I at some point like I was going to break, you know, yeah. um, just personally. Uh, and uh, and and eventually I did, you know, and, and I needed to, to go seek help. And, and I, I was I'll be honest with you. I was against it. Like I was like, no, no. People like, well, you, you know, you go talk to somebody. No, nope, no, I don't need to. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, typical, you know, I think it's like just, a typical male sort of reaction. To right. It, you know what I mean? It's. 
Do you know, just on that, I, I actually saw a thing, um, again, just something that I was scrolling right. through, and, and it, it ties into that. So it, it, somebody was saying that, like, men, it was a woman that was saying it, actually, and, and she said that like, men can have the relationships end, lose a family member, lose a job, be stuck in depression, be in physical and mental hell, and still say, I'm okay, I'm all right, I'll figure it out. Yep. And and she was saying, she's like, how do men have that mindset? And I'm like, it did actually make me think. Had And I still don't know how, how or why we have that mindset as men. Is it, is it because society has, has pushed and pushed and pushed that that's how we are as men? Or is it a generational upbringing thing? Or, I don't know, because I mean... If a woman's struggling, it's socially acceptable for a woman to go and sit and have coffee with her friends and natter away and get things off her chest. A guy can't go for a coffee with his friends and say, oh, mate, I'm having a really bad time. Yeah. My missus is pissing me off or I'm right upset or whatever. It's just not socially acceptable, but I can't understand why. So I, I think I think part of it is for me uh, personally, um, but like, like I think seeing my father, you know, and, and like growing up, I never knew we were broke. I never knew we were struggling. I never knew. You know why? Because my dad never let us know that, right? And when I'm old and I, you get older and then you see, I think about the things my dad, and I go, man, as a kid, I never knew. Yeah. I thought we had everything. But when I'm older, I go, man, my dad was hustling just to make, just to, to have that house survive, right? I came from a family of, uh, we're five boys. I'm the oldest of five boys. Wow. So, right. So, uh, I never realized like, you know, but now I'm older. I said, man, my dad hustled. Like he did everything he could do, but he never let us know that, you know, he never let us know that, that, that it was not good. You know, uh, he just sacrificed never, a lot for his boys. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I never knew that. Right. Right. He, he always hustled to do, to do that stuff. And, and I think so, you know, you're up, you're you're brought up to like, I never saw my dad complain. I never saw my dad cry. I never saw my dad. So that's going to be me now. Right. Like that's how, that's, that's just how I, I was raised. So, um, you know, my friends had no clue. They would have never known that I was in a bad place because I didn't talk about it. I didn't show it. Um, you know, I just kept doing what I had to do. Uh, but inside, I was not in a good place, you know? You're completely and utterly broke. The thing is the men mask so well to right. a point and then we just kind of like fall off a cliff and just have this big fuck-off breakdown. Uh, it's just, um, yeah, it's it's frightening as well. It, it, to see people going through everyday emotions and not realising just what's happening, um, just this weekend, just gone. Unfortunately, my uh, a friend I've had since I was five years old took his own life last week. Mm, sorry uh, to hear that. And and we never ever saw anything, absolutely nothing. You know, three lovely right. kids, uh, a loving wife, a very very successful business. Um, yeah, it's tough. Right. You know. Yeah. Again, same with you. You know, you, you hide so much. Be- I don't know. I, when I was going through it with me, it was a range of emotions. I was like, I don't want to be a burden to anybody. I don't want to put that on anybody else. They've already got their own shit to deal with. They don't need my right. shit to deal with. I'll keep that to myself. But then you you do that for a certain period of time and you think that that's fine. I'll keep doing that. And it's not. It's like having a bank account. 
Yeah. You've got a thousand pounds in your bank. At some point that money's gonna run out, that bank is gonna be empty and shit's gonna hit the fan. You know, and, and at some point yep. you're gonna you're gonna hit that you're gonna hit that big zero. Um, yeah. It's true. Yeah. And and you know, I think too, like I think men most we you know, we don't like to fail, right? Like we don't want no we could fail, but we're not gonna let anybody know we're failing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, even from like a financial standpoint, I never let anybody know I was broke. Like, because it's just that was just the nature of me. It was like, no, it's not I'm not gonna let anybody know I'm struggling mm-hmm. mentally, financially, physically. Like nobody will ever know that, right? Because I don't want to look like I'm a failure, um, which is crazy and it's wrong. Like you know, yeah. uh, and it and it and when I finally realized that, like that's not okay, and I think that's when things started to change for the better uh, because I was accepting to to different things. I mean, even even let you know my parents allowing me to live there with my two children. You know, they didn't have a lot of money, and we you know, they had one extra room. So, you know, my kids are, were staying, I got them bunk beds that I got from uh, like a, like a uh, charity thing, you know, and they were like, the bunk beds were like, you know, they were, somebody had, you know, written all over it. And, but we were staying in one room and, and, you know, it was hard for me to even do that and let my parents like help me because even I didn't want my, yeah, right. Yeah, and I don't want my dad to it. think I was a fail, like I was failing, you know, yeah. uh, because he never let us know. And I'm like, man, now he knows I'm failing, and um, you know, I respect my dad. I look up to him. And, you can tell. You can tell you've got a, a lot of respect for you. Right. Right. Really right. Good. So yeah. So it was like you know that was hard for me in general, uh, just to say, okay, we'll come stay there, right? You know. Um, and it's not bad. I mean, my mom made dinner every night and she's Italian <laughs> and the, the Italian feast we eat every night was amazing. But, uh, you know, I, I, I did um, see, I did see a, a couple yeah. of, um, a couple of clips on TikTok where you were saying that your mum was, you know, you're you half Italian, which I never even realized. And then when you were talking about some of the food, it's like watching an episode of man versus food. It instantly made me hungry. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, it's like <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. I just want to go and get something to eat. But yeah, it's, uh, right, right. But yeah, trying to accept that help uh, from your parents. You know, I, I, I've, I've had to accept help from my parents along the time and it, it kind of does make you feel like a failure. And you think, I don't know personally, I don't know if you share this sentiment, but it's kind of like you think, well, my parents, they brought me up better than that. And now I right. feel like I'm letting them down because I'm letting myself down sort of things. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, yeah I so agree 100%. Yeah. Was that the starting of you on a better road then when you went and lived with your parents or did you have like, was it like one, one day that you snapped and you had like a big breakdown or was it like a gradual thing? Yeah, no, like, you know, there was, um, even when I started living with my parents, I, I mean, I was pretty depressed because I was living with my parents who we were sleeping in the room, you know, like my daughter was, was young. She was three years old or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's like, we're all sleeping in these bunk beds. Sometimes I would sleep on the floor or the, the big joke. I got friends. They still joke to today. I mean, I'm 42 years old now. This is when I was 25 to, to this day. My friends still joke with me and, and, uh, 
if I ever fall asleep on the couch, they'll go, man, back on the couch, just like at your mom and dad's. Cause I would always <laughs> sleep on the couch and they would come in and I'd be on the couch. And that was where I slept, you know, 90% of the time. Uh, and yeah, they always, I got a, I got a buddy, Jason. He's still to this day. Well, back on the couch, you are, it's a, it's just a running joke. Um, but even there, I was like, you know, I, I wasn't happy because I was, I was at a really, the job I was at, it was a job, but it wasn't paying me. Like I was making like very little money. I had car payments and insurance still. And, you know, now I got a, you know, one salary paying for two kids and it was tough. Uh, so being there, I wasn't, I wasn't happy, but you know, uh, there was a lot of thoughts that ran through my head and, and, you know, some not so good. And, and, you know, um, you know, I would think, do I have to get two jobs? Do I have to get three jobs? And I'll think, well, then you don't see your kids. And then I think, well, do I even need to be here? You know, maybe they'd be better off without me and my mom and dad could raise them. You know, uh, it was, you know, it was months and months and months. I don't, I couldn't even tell you how long it was. Cause you don't even like realize, you know, you're just such in a deep hole. Um, and, you know, it's like there was a breaking point at some point where I don't even know what happened. What I, I went to see a doctor and uh, it was on my own accord. Like nobody pushed me to do it because no one knew. And I, I just finally said to myself, let me just go see what, what, you know, uh, they gave me a bunch of pills and, and we'll try this and try that. And like the first pills, they were like, oh, it's antidepressant. And the first day I took them and, and, and I'm not a pill person at all. So I was like hesitant about this and I took them and I never forget. It made my head like, feel like it was shaking. I was like, so I called the doctor. I was like, I, like, I literally, my feels like my head's going like this. I, I can't do this. They gave me something else, you know, and I didn't want to be the guy who was taking pills because also you know, that's, that wasn't in my nature. Like, I don't, I don't like to take pills like that. So I'm like, there's gotta be a better way, right? Like there's gotta be a better way. I remember sitting in my, in the, in the room that we had and the kids were at school. It was dark in the room. The blinds were closed. The lights were off. I was sitting in the dark and I was going, there's gotta be another way. Like there's gotta be a way I can get out of this. And these pills, I don't like how they make me feel. Um, like I would take them to go to work and, and, and it would mask the pain. It wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't go yeah. away. It was just masking it. Yeah. And, and I remember going to work and I would take them. And some days at work, I'd feel super loopy and be like, man, now it's affecting my job that, you know, the only little money that I'm getting. And I remember sitting in the room in the dark saying, there's gotta be something else that gets me out of this funk because the, the, the funk I was in, the hole was getting deeper and deeper. And I'm like, there's gotta be something else. And, uh, it's crazy, but I said, let me go take a walk. And I got up, put my clothes on, went outside and uh, I was living in Florida. So the weather there is always great. And, uh, Bad I took a walk. Now, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I walked, I walked like four and a half miles that day. And when I got back home, I was like, man, I feel good. Like it was me, my headphones, some music and my thoughts. And by the time I did this four and a half mile, what's a couple hours. And I got home and I was like sweating. And it was, I was like, that was like, that was intense because it was just me and myself and my music. And I could talk to myself. And it was almost like I talked for four and a half miles 
I, I talk to myself like a, my own therapist. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> so the next day I got up and I brought the kids to school and I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this again. Well, then the walking gradually started turning into running. So if I had to work, like, you know, if, if I had to go to work at 1 PM, I would get up, take the kids to school and I would go do two hours, two and a half hours of walking and running through town with just my headphones on and my thoughts. And it totally changed my mind and my perspective. And when everything, when I got out of that hole and started getting on the phone mentally, everything else started to change because then I, I said, you know what? I got to get a better job, right? Like I got to get, make more money, Like That's the next step. Well, I got a better job and the job moved me to another state. So me and my kids got to move to another state and they paid for the move and, and like everything started taking a whole different direction. And, and it's crazy because I don't even run, right? Like I don't run or walk now. And I keep telling myself like I have to, because I know when I was 25 years old, it changed my entire mindset. I also was in like the most amazing shape because I was running. Uh, I also wasn't very eating very much. And, And that was another thing, part of the depression. I would go without eating like, crazy i wouldn't eat at all yeah but you, uh, don't, you don't even realize you're doing it though that's that's the, the no. worst thing about it is is like i, I was the same so I'd, I'd literally two days and then it'd be like my mum would come around she'd be like what have you had for your tea like shit i ain't eating for two days right but my right. mum would be obviously make that's what i'm saying i the help of my parents were like you know i refused to, to do anything oh god mate it sounds disgusting but there were like days where i, I won't even get a bath for like two three days I won't even realize that I'd not. For sure, right? No, and and then ah, it's horrific. Yeah, and 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 you're right. You you don't bathe for two three days. You don't eat. You don't. But once I started running, and my mind started to become more clear, I started eating. I started taking care of myself. And when I started taking when when my mind got clear, I started taking care of myself. Everything else started changing in my life for the better. It was just that, right. So I was in such a funk and such a hole that nothing was ever going to be good because I wasn't going to allow it to. I was so miserable that I wouldn't allow it. And it's funny, I you know, raising two kids out by yourself is the hardest thing. I've, it's the hardest thing, right? It was like, and it, it's funny because they were, you know, they were they were three and five, I think, at the time, something like that, um, and just like the the time when I was depressed and I didn't, I feel like I think about it now and I go, I was there for them, but I wasn't like, yeah. I was physically there, but not mentally. Um, and my parents did a lot to take up for that. Uh, you know, my dad taking them to school every morning and picking them up if I had to work and um, you know, they, they were, uh, my parents like are rock stars when it came to that. Uh, Cause they didn't have to do that either, you know? Um, but they did, they did it for their grandkids. They did it for the, for me. Um, and you know, it's like when we moved, we finally, I got this new job and we got to move to North Carolina from Florida. And it was like, man, this is exciting. And uh, the job paid like $30,000 more than I was making. So, uh, you know, we got a, we got a nice house to rent and, uh, you know, it was like, okay, like things are, are, are changing They're you know, they're going, they're on the up. And 
I I will say I never got to that point like that I was at like that like I raised my kids for you know till till now I have my my girlfriend here um you know help she's a huge huge help um my kids love her to death uh but you know through all that time that I was raising them by myself you know I I really there's ups and downs obviously right but I never was back in that funk I was in uh like back then um you know because i think uh you know i i I just everything started going good for me um until like recently so i don't know if you know but i i was with my job for 10 years and i got laid off the last week of august so and it's crazy because uh you know been pretty good for the last you know like last 10 years i've been i've been doing great and you know uh and then when something hits you where, you know, I was coming to London that week. So I get a call on Monday and we were leaving for London on Thursday. And on Monday, they say, you no longer work here. We're cutting 25 percent of the workforce. And unfortunately, your job is done after 10 years. And it was just that's it. Fine. Um, yeah, that was it. So the, the, I didn't have time to process it because we were leaving for London in three days. So then I spent a week in London having the time of my life, uh, you know, so you don't really, I wasn't thinking about, Oh my God, I don't have a job right now. Uh, and we came back from London and it hit me that I don't have a job like, you know, and, and I got a little payout, you know, whatever, but, uh, you know, it's after 10 years of the same routine every day yeah it's gone right so now we were back and i was like oh, you know i don't know what to do so i did what anybody would do i booked another trip to london and went back uh <laughs> three weeks later because i thought you know like i gotta just like you know went back but then when we came back from london the second time uh i gotta tell you the last month and a half or so um you know it's it's been tough and there's a couple things that have gotten me through it that that I don't think if I didn't have these things, I think I'd be in the same place I was in when I was 25 years old. And that TikTok is one of them uh, because it kept my mind off not having a job. Right. Yeah. And it, all my friends on here and all you guys are so awesome to me that uh, it kept my mind off it. And two is my girlfriend because I, without her, I probably would have lost it. Uh, but she is, she'll keep me in check and tell me, buck up let's go uh so uh she you know, just just for the record mate she's wicked the way you two bounce off each other is just oh, it, it's amazing yeah. i love it yeah 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 so and, cool. and we've known each other for four years it's just uh we um we didn't start dating till till you know when i we well before a little bit before we made it public but uh um <laughs> but we've known each other you know we've been super close for four years and uh um yeah without her i don't if, if i didn't have her or social media during this last couple months from you know probably from september till now uh i think i would have went down a very dark path and dark hole um i know i would have but See, i know i had that's really strange because 
most of the time, a lot of people say social media, it's the devil. It's, it's like, it's quite destructive. It's, it's like a lot of people struggle with the dark side of social media, you know, like the, right. the bullying and the, the mm-hmm. bullshitting stories and stuff like that. So to hear it from the other side of the coin that, you know, the, obviously the, the social media has, has helped right. you massively. The, like you said, the people that are around you, it, it's, it's a community, you know, and that's, I yeah. think, that's how it should be viewed. It shouldn't be viewed in a negative way, but um, yeah, it is a, it is a very good community. Um, I'm still quite in my like infancy on my social media journey. Right. I'm still learning a lot to do with the, uh, especially with like the TikTok side of things. Uh, but I have found it is quite a big help for me. So even if I'm having a shit day, you know, the algorithms as it is, you know, you look through certain yeah. things and it's like, man, like you'll pop up and I'll be like, fucking hell, what is he eating today? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but right. the little things, a 30 second video, I might have had a shit day and I see like, I don't know, fucking hell, you're, you're eating a Cadbury's twirl. And just the way that you say <laughs> Cadbury's instantly makes me smile and it completely <laughs> changes your day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I like, and, and you say like the dark side of social media, but I really don't think like I, I knew when we came back from London the second time, I was like, okay, like, you know, I, obviously I started job hunting uh, because like I knew, you know, the job process can take forever to get a job. So I was like, we need a job. I got to get a job. So, but I also said, okay, if I'm home, I'm going to put more attention to social media. Right. Because for me, I don't like, I'm, I'm I don't, I'm not going to become a millionaire off social media, right? Like off making TikToks. It's not going to happen, right? Uh, maybe it happens for some people. It's probably not going to happen for a guy who eats food. But um, for me, I see there's other things I want to do in life. And I think social media can take me there, yeah. right? So like like you're doing this podcast, I think it's so awesome, right? And that's why I wanted to, to come on this podcast because I, I love what you're doing, right? And and I've listened to your episodes. Um, we had a pretty long drive to New York a couple months ago, and I, they were all sleeping in the car, so I just kicked on your podcast and I said <laughs> I'm going to listen to a couple episodes driving because, you know, perfect timing. Uh, and I love what you're doing, right? So, I want to be able to use social media to do to help people too, right? Like, so I want to be able to talk to single dads and single moms, right, and say, hey, I've been through the low of low, dark of dark. Maybe I can help you, right? That's what I want to do. I want to. I want to be able to speak to those people. I want to be able to speak to kids and, and the youth. Um, you know, I've been involved in athletics and sports my whole life, and you know, the, right before COVID had hit, it was February of 2020. I did my first speaking engagement because it's something I wanted to do, and I spoke to a group of 25 high school kids. They were 16, 17 years old, and they had. Uh, these kids were all troubled kids, right? They were tr- tr- have trouble finding themselves. So I got to speak to them for an hour uh, through a friend that I that I used to work with had hooked me up. They, I think you'd be great at this, and I'm like, well, I want to do it. It went amazing, but I got I got uh, three or four gigs after that. The lady signed me up for four more, and then COVID hit like two weeks later, and everything got canceled. <laughs> so. Uh, and she's not come back to run her company again. It just, her company just dissolved after this, but 
that's something I want to do. I want to be able to speak to kids, talk to talk to them about their dreams and goals. And and these kids are troubled kids. They have one parent. Uh, most of them had one parent or no parents, or they were living with a family. But nobody ever takes the time to at, talk to them and say, "Hey, like, what do you want to do with your life?" Right? Uh, you know, people are just trying to get them, just get them through high school and onto yeah, their own. Just but, push push through an education system. Right. Get, it's somebody else's problem after they leave school. It's not our problem anymore. That's somebody else's right. problem. Right. And deal with it. We're pretty yeah. much the same in this country. We're pretty much the same. Push them, push and push to get their exams right. done. Once they've done their exams, there you go. Big wide world. Knock yourself out. Uh, I'm very much the same. I, I want to, I'd love to go and do public speaking in, in schools and just say, look, you know, I never grew up with the best brain or I wasn't the brightest kid. Right. But, you know, the world is your oyster and there's a lot of opportunities out there. Just because you haven't got a piece of paper to say you've got an A-star grade on it doesn't mean say you can't make something of yourself. Right, right. And, and you know, exactly. Like, you know, I never went to like a college or anything like that. And I, you know, 10 years I spent in a career with no college degree and in America, usually if you don't have a college degree, you know, it's hard to get like good work. Well, I, I found something I like to do in, in the real world. And, and, and that's like you know, district manager for retail. I, I love talking to people, I love teaching people and coaching people. And that's what I did for 10 years, you know, and, uh, you know, um, to be able to like, I want to take that and help youth and stuff like that. That's, that's a goal of mine. Yeah. Yeah. I share that sentiment with you. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'll be honest with you. That's a, a massive goal of mine. It's a, it's an incredibly admirable thing as well that I think you, you you're doing, and I think there is a big call for it, um, especially in kids, older right. kids as well. Talking obviously about where they can go after high school or secondary school in in, in our case, but I also think that there is a, a a place for it in younger kids. So my little boy is seven, and I, I often instill and talk to him about. If you ever need to talk about anything, you can always talk. It's all right to cry. You know, I'm not a big enough man to, or I'm not manly enough to say that I've never cried. I have, and I I, I have cried in front of my son before. He knows that he's seen me cry. He's comforted me, bless him. Mm. You know, he's seen me get really stressed out and, and cry. And he comforts me and then we'll sit and we'll hug, we'll watch something on telly and he'll just sit and he'll, he'll hold me and I'll hold him and it's like really nice, that, that connection. But he also knows that that's a normal thing and it should be normal. There shouldn't be any stigma around men being upset or having a stressful day or, or needing a bit of time with the kids just, just to have a hug or, you know, that, that closeness. And I think there's a lot to be said for kids to be educated at a young age about, you know, especially boys about their emotions and that, you know, you don't have to be a right. tough little kid that don't cry and, and, you know, because you start suppressing it at six and seven year old, that's going to follow you through for the rest of your life. And like we right. said earlier on in the podcast, that will at one point come and bite you in the ass. Yeah, it will. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, uh, talking to the youth and the kids and, and, you know, and I don't know about how it is there, but school in America, it's, I mean, you know, the, the, they're just teaching them what the curriculum is. They, they don't teach them anything else about life. They don't teach them about, they don't talk about emotions. They don't talk about life. They don't talk about the good and the bad, you know? So when you get out of school, you're, it's a shock to you. Cause you're like, Whoa, I never learned any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and I always think too, is I think back to when, when I was a kid, even through young, uh, young adult, no one ever asked me at school, a teacher, no one had ever said to me, what are your dreams? What are your goals in life? Right. Nobody ever asked me that at school or at, so when I sat there and talked to these kids that day, I said, what are your dreams? And they all kind of looked at each other like, and one kid said, uh, he had, he has no parents. He lives in a foster home. And he said, no one ever asked me that this kid's 17 years old. And he said, no one's ever asked me. So he wanted to answer first because he knew it. He already knew what he wanted. He just, no one ever asked him. And I said, well, go ahead. He said, I want to be a professional boxer. And I was like, oh, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> Nobody ever asked him. He knew what he wanted to be, but nobody ever, you know, and, and he came, like I said, you know, he didn't have any parents. He's living in a foster home. He's probably been moved around a couple of times, you know, to sit there with this young man and just, he talked for 10 minutes about wanting to be a boxer. Well, at the end of the, the hour session, he came up and he shook my hand and he said, I just wanted to thank you because like that 10 minutes of telling you my dreams and goals, like no one's ever asked me that. He's like, I'm going to go sign up to, to boxing school. Wow. And I was like, man, that's awesome. So he was like, no, I'm, I, I want to do this. Like, but nobody's ever asked me. So I didn't think it was ever possible. Right now. I'm not saying I changed this kid's life, but this could be a moment in his life. That's changed. Yeah. Right. You opened a door for him and he, you know, that right. you, you like, look, that door, you walk through it, kid. You know what I mean? But, but, but now you got to think though, what if nobody ever asked him? That door would have never been open. What path could he be taking? Yeah. Something different. Hanging out with the wrong kids, doing something he shouldn't be doing, right? And, you know, uh, I'm a true believer in sports. Sporting sports, you don't have to be the most athletic person, but you don't have to be the best at it. But being in that group setting with people teaches you a lot of things, right? I, I learned a lot through playing sports my whole life and then becoming a pro wrestler that no school system will ever teach me. Yeah. I learn things that I will, ne I will, you'll never learn in school, right? Because they don't teach. It's just being in that group setting and, in a, you know, it teaches you a lot of stuff. It teaches you how to be respectful and, you know, respect your teammates, respect your coaches, your, you know, being a team player. Uh, there's so much that you learn that you'll never learn going to school. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, and I would love to come over there. And maybe me and you can go speak to, maybe we could do some stuff together. We can go speak to some schools or some, some youth or whatever it is. I would love to do that, man. I think it'd be so cool if me and you went and, and that is a, figured a out a way to mega, do that. Yeah. That is a mega yeah. idea. I think, I think that's something that, yeah, yeah we need to definitely have a, a chat offline about that and, and try and. For uh, sure. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, even and, if you know, just uh, hold it an online forum, don't even have to right. come over here. We can do an online forum. A Zoom call. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know. You can get a, a school that's got troubled kids or whatever to, to get them to dial in on from there. And, you know, it's something right. that we can, yeah, we'll have a look and at I, that. And I love, I love zoom and you know how this whole zoom culture has happened since COVID, <laughs> but I am, I'm old school. Like I like to be in yeah. front of people because yeah. I believe that you can touch someone better. If you're, if you can read reactions and read body posture and even, even and just going up to somebody and, and physically shaking the hand means right. so much to people, especially kids that, that 
you get a kid that's never, like you say, they've either had one parent or no parents or very troubled parents. They've been taken mm-hmm. away from them. They've never had that physical interaction. They've never had that, you know, that, that somebody putting their hand around the shoulder and saying, look, you know, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, but you can make a big thing. You can make a good thing of yourself. You know, they've never had somebody walk up and shake their hand and say, you answered that really well, well done. I'm proud of you. And, and you know, that can completely and utterly change a kid's fucking life. Just that, that right. like you say, that 10-minute interaction with that kid going to sign up for a boxing gym. That might have potentially have kept him off the streets, kept him off drugs, stopped him from going robbing people's houses or cars. Right. You know? <sighs> yeah. There's a lot to be said for just going in and having those chats. Yeah, you might get a room full of 20 people. 11 of them might not fucking listen and think you're an absolute crank. Right. You know what I mean? You get through to a few. That's more than what you would have done just sat at home doing fuck all. Right. If I could change one person, that's all that's that, it. you know. And and even through like my TikToks, I know I'm just eating food, but if I could just make one person, you know, I, I love when I get messages from people or comments saying, Hey, I was having a, you know, a shit day and today I watched your video and it like that means more than five billion likes. it's funny, I, I have a friend who he got me into TikTok and he he was also he's done motivational speaking in the past and he is a very close friend of mine and he's the guy where you sit down and like we'll have a we'll sit down and meet and have a conversation and the conversation's so deep that you're leaving there feeling so good about yourself uh you know and just the conversation and feeling so good and um we talk about this all the time it like there could be 5 million people that watch your video right and 4,999,000 could give two shits about your thing. <laughs> but one person says, man, you changed my life, my day, my hour, my mood. Man, that's all that matters. The other 499, <laughs> you know, they don't care. If they don't care, they don't care. But if you could just change one person to say, you know, you made me smile today. Like, that's worth it to me. Absolutely, yeah. It really is, and I, and I, I, I love that mantra of, of, if you can make one person smile a day, you've achieved something. Whether that be a stranger, right. even just walking down the street and just smiling at somebody saying "morning," that's it. The fact that the you know they might have had a shit day, they might not have interacted with somebody for two or three days, they might not have any family, you know, they might just somebody's interacted with them and took the time just to say good morning and a smile. It, it, you'd be surprised just how much of an effect it can have on people. It really can. Yeah. You know, so when we went to London the first time, you know, I had just lost my job that week and I, I had made a post after I, I, I don't think, you know, I didn't tell anybody I lost my job. I kept it quiet that week. But when I came back after the first trip, I made a post, I think it was a, uh, may have been on Facebook or something. And it, it was, the amount of people who just came up to me in the streets at London and said, I follow you on TikTok. Can I get a picture? Can I, sh-? I said, you like, yes, it's cool. But I, I, I don't think they didn't realize that them coming to me in that time that I just lost my job, how that made me feel and like helped me. And, uh, and my girlfriend said, we, you know, the you whole week you appreciated like, that more than what they appreciated you letting them take a photo. Right, right. And and my girlfriend was like, you could see it on your face. Like I was like, man, I needed that. Like, <laughs> like it could have been any better timing to have these people come up to me and, you know, all these. And now, you know, 
it's just, it, they don't know what they did for me. Like, you know, uh, That's awesome. it was, it was pretty cool. So. That is wicked. I like that. I really do. Um, so if you had one bit of advice, anybody that's going through anything similar to you that you went through or anybody that's like struggling with a mindset, um, is there anything that you'd like, you'd, you'd give them an advice or anything that you'd say to them? Uh, I would say a couple of things. One, talk to somebody, whether it's a close friend, a family member, um, you got to, you know, you, everybody has that one person, you know, you can go to, right. Go to them say, Hey, I need to talk. Right. And I, I think that's important. I think the second thing is finding an outlet, something that you like doing, right. You may be depressed. You may be in a dark spot, but there's something that, 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 you may turn the TV on and watch something or you may something play a video game and you, and it makes you for that hour, forget about everything else, find something, right? What, what, whether it's working out, running sports, watching the movies, what, whatever it is, um, you know, like for me right now, like I said, it's, it's social media. It takes my mind away from uh, a lot of stuff, you know, and it's like, it's to get on TikTok live and, interact with people for an hour is like i love it you know and it makes me and you get to takes my pretty, mind away you get to eat some pretty nice things as well so yeah yeah <laughs> so uh but I, I would say talk to someone and find an outlet you got to find even if you're not in a dark place i think everybody should have an outlet right from life from you go to work all day right you, you work you got kids you got a spouse you got to have something to to kind of step back from all that, that's for you, something for yourself. Yes. Really good piece of advice. That to be honest with you, it really is. I'd share that sentiment. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried, you've ever tried having a shit day at work and not telling anybody you've had a shit day at work. You try and keep that in for one day. And that's just one little thing. Shit day at work. If you, you, you haven't got, like you said, that outlet. Right. And you imagine that's that's just one little shit day. You magnify that into, you know, you're quite depressed or you're suffering really bad with anxiety or or things like that, and you haven't got an outlet. That is just, you can't comprehend until you've been in that position just how much of an outlet you need. So, you know what I mean? It's like, like I say, I mean, I have shit days at work quite a lot. And as soon as my wife walks in the door and I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's been shit. And, blah, blah, blah. and I get it off my chest and we, in 10 minutes, I feel loads better. She probably don't listen to half of it. But it's good for you. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing for me. But right. I, I, um, you know, if you haven't got that outlet and you have that shit day and you haven't got anybody to get that off your chest onto, that's one little thing. And that feels horrendous. Right, mm-hmm. and, you, and you you put that to somebody that's got you know it's really in a dark place and they haven't got an outlet. It is just so dangerous of a place and a mindset. To right, me. and and I think too, surround yourself with good people. Right, like yeah. uh, I, I've learned over the years, and you know, I put up with a lot of a lot of bad people just because I was afraid to like you know hurt somebody's feelings or step away, but. I I've no, now that I'm older and, and especially with social media, like there's some trolls out there. Yeah. You got to learn to, to block them and just be away from them. Like if you're not good for me, 
and I'm not good for you, then we don't need to be in the circle. Right. Yeah, so, true. you know, I, I think that's important too, is having, and, and everybody, you know, like I, you know, get your, your, your people around you that, you know, are, you know, I know who I can call and vent to today if I need to, you know, I didn't realize that when I was 25 years old, but now I know, like I have my people, right? Um, and it may not be my girlfriend. It may be, you know, one of my buddies that, you know, I've been to. It just depends on the situation, right? But you got to have your, you got to have, you got to have good people around you too. Dogs help as well, don't they? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I've got, a, I've got a little. I can't say a puppy. She's nearly two now, but. Um... Oh. Yeah, got a little cockapoo. Still a puppy. Yeah, yeah. Still, yeah cockapoo. Yeah. Yeah, she's still mental, but yeah, just, I mean, I, I, like you said, going back to my story on, on episode one, my, my old dog mm-hmm. that's no longer here, he, he saved my life. Um, right. You know, dogs dogs can make a big difference. But again, that's another outlet. As daft as it sounds, that is another outlet. You go out, it and is. you walk your dog, you have that you have that bond with your dog and stuff. You know, it doesn't always have to be a physical person that your outlet is. Nope. You know, nope, it, right. it can be an animal. It can be a place. It can be, you know, it can be in the woods if you like going out and you're an outdoors person. Your outlet might be going out like you did for a walk. Right, right. You know, and, so. and I tell you, I just I just got advice from somebody who uh, uh, a friend a friend of mine, his father. Um, I had gone down to see him in Florida. I bought a new car, and uh, he gave me a piece of advice that that you know he's a seventy one year old man, and he said. Find a spot in your backyard, in nature, right? He said, a rock. Go sit on that rock for 30 minutes. Nobody around you, no phone. Go sit on that rock. He said, uh, he takes a notepad with him. He said, I take a notepad and a pen, and I sit on the rock for 30 minutes in nature, and I write down stuff. And he's like, it would be amazing how you feel after that. So, uh Cause we were talking about, you know, I didn't have a job and this and that. So I came home and I got my, I bought a notepad and just to sit out in the yard and, you know, be like with nature. And I'm not trying to sound like a hippie or anything, but <laughs> it's amazing when you're out in the quiet in nature and there's no distractions and take a notepad and a pen. Sometimes, sometimes I don't write anything down. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes I do. Right. Uh, but it's amazing. Some of the ideas that came to me like last week and I was like, man, like ideas sparked in my head because it's, you know, and it was, it's, it's an outlet. Right. And it was like, I was like, there's nothing out here to distract me, like, yeah. you know? Uh, and, and just to write down some ideas I had and I was like, man, it was, it was a good piece of advice from someone who's lived a 71 years old. He's lived w- way bigger of a more longer than a life than I have. So I was like, this is a good piece of advice. And, and he would, he even said, it doesn't have to be a rock outside. It could be your couch. It could be your, you know, front porch, it could be the park, it could be the coffee shop, it could be a movie theater, wherever it is, find your peace place. And I was like, man, I like that. You know, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Definitely like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I'm not one for like um, taking tablets or anything else. But, mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk to you about because I didn't know if in America this is a, a thing at the moment. Have you ever heard of a, a product called Shilajit? No. <laughs> it's no. Re- it sounds really strange, but so it it's from um it's it's basically from the mountains and it stinks awful. You literally have half a gram in your coffee in the morning on an empty stomach. 
Now, I suffer quite bad with anxiety and I still get quite mm. anxious about things and quite it up to the point where my anxiety sometimes can take over my thought process. Right. Um, so I'm in a, quite a good place uh, mentally and everything else compared to what I used to be. I still have issues, still have my demons. Likewise, right. what you know, what you were saying. But I didn't know if in America, whether you've heard of it, it's called Shilajit. And um, I've been taking no. that for a couple of weeks and my anxiety levels are just idly, idly, like not even existent. Oh, no. Yeah, I got to look that up. Yeah, Mate, I, I, what it is. yeah. yeah I'll definitely. Yeah. So the one that I, I it's actually, <laughs> again, via TikTok. Anybody would think I just lived on TikTok, you know. But um, yeah, so they're called Mountain Minerals on TikTok and, and they sell it on there. And, and but I don't know whether the ship to US, it's worth asking. Right, right, um, right. But yeah, it stinks and tastes awful. I'm not going to lie. If that <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah. but they are really good guys. They are, you know, it's it's a. I was a bit skeptical. Right, been, right. Been looking yeah, right. at it for a while, <laughs> um, and then it was. Oh, what's the other guy? The the American Joe Rogan is it? Seth, Joe yeah, Joe, yeah. Joe Rogan that does the podcasts. Right. So he was banging on about it, and I thought I need to have a look at this. If he's banging on about it, it can't be all that bad. Um, so yeah, definitely worth if if you do suffer from like anxiety or you struggle to yeah. focus, um, you know, as well for men, it gives you a really good testosterone boost for your libido and stuff like that. So it puts oh, a bit, nice. bit of lead in your pencil. Um, I'll have to look at this. I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Never heard of it. Yeah. It's, um, I'll send you, I'll send you a, a message with the name of it on it. And okay. everything. I'll put it okay. on the link in the comments as well on the, on the podcast as well. If anybody wants to have a look, um, what I will do as well is I'll put uh, I'll put your uh, a link to your TikTok page on the on the description as well if anybody wants to go and drop him a follow. Um, so I highly suggest you do. It's just his, his videos are class. They're funny. They're just really light-hearted. You know, uh, it's, it's strange to see some of the stuff that you eat over there that we take for granted that we eat on a daily basis. And just watching you try it for the first time, I'm like, shit, I've been eating that for nearly 40 years. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. Uh, but yeah, def- definitely drop him a, a follow. It's um, So what is it? Is it? It's at AJ Slambino on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. All, all of my social media is the same, AJ Slambino. If you type it in YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, threads, all of that, Instagram, it's all the same name. So just put that in there and then you'll get it everywhere. Yeah, wicked. Yeah, definitely drop him a follow. Um, just on that, I'd just like to say that if if I hope you woke up today and somebody loved you, and I hope that that person that loved you was yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, how can anybody else learn to love you? Very true. Very, uh, very true. I'd just like to, uh, yeah, but thanks for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure for you to be Thank here. you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Listen, you everyone. I'll do. I'll do a million more of these. I got a lot more stories to tell. So. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we we can always get you back on. Absolutely, without a shadow of a yeah. doubt. We'll we'll definitely look at getting you back on for another episode. But uh, really appreciate your time. Um, Thank you. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, man. Well, thank you for listening to a No Place to Hide. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you for future episodes as well. If you do realise that you need somebody to talk to, you feel like you need to reach out, or even if you just need a bit of advice, please check out www.toughtotalk.com. These guys are running a fantastic men's mental health charity on their website. It's got links to about everything that you could possibly imagine. 
They've also got places for advice and help. If you need to speak to somebody on the phone, please contact the Samaritans on 116 123 or alternatively, please contact the NHS 111 option 2. Remember guys, stay safe and we can only break this stigma together.